Hey guys, welcome back to Let's Talk Movies. I'm Brad. Yo. And tonight on the show, we are talking some crazy new developments for Halloween Kills and really Halloween Ends. We're also talking about some drama in the world of The Walking Dead, and we're talking all of this week's Marvel updates. This is this week's episode of Let's Talk Movie News. talk movie news uh so sorry we didn't have a movie news show last week we've been we've had a lot going on the last few weeks both of us have in our personal lives um but we're back this week and i'm happy about it so if you haven't oh, yeah. seen very many videos this week i know we usually drop a video every day every weekday um which of course this week that has not been the case so um how are you doing man it's been a little bit since we actually got to sit down <laughs> yeah, it's been since we reviewed we've... black widow Ooh, yeah, that's true. I mean, we talked us throughout the time. We just keep telling each other, yeah, uh, we got to figure this out like soon because we're not going to have much to do. Yeah. Well, it's funny because we're like, we'll film it tonight. And then tonight comes and I'm like, <laughs> it's like, well, we can't. So, but here we are. Um, so I, my car had some problems this week. I had, there was just, there was a lot going on. <laughs> it was a big week. Um, but we're here. Um, so here's what I want to do. I want to talk Halloween Kills right off of the bat. We're going to hop right into okay. our this week's movie news. Um, because there have been some really interesting developments um, today. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to release this first little segment um, tonight, which we're recording this on Thursday night. So this first little bit's going to be out before the rest of the episode. Uh, now, I didn't even plan on talking about Halloween at all tonight. There was a ton of marvel news and i really i had no plans of talking about halloween at all but of course the stuff that that happened this morning changed that um sean Giraud, the great group of guys over at fandom empire they dropped some pretty bombshell crazy revealing news this morning uh, and, and you know we we're not in the business of stealing news from anybody um i actually reached out to sean this morning and i was like hey is it okay if we you know i know you guys broke this is it okay if uh if we talk about this on our show and he was like, yeah, that's fine, man. It's fair game. So thank you to them uh, for letting us talk. I said, bro, this, ain't, this ain't news network. Okay. We're oh. not fighting against CNN and Fox news. I know, it, but we're just, we're just a community of guys that just, we you know, are tell news. So. And at the end of the day, that's, that's what why all I these like channels are, man. That's why, that's why I wanted to do this because I or like do this show, you know, and now we're in our 31st week of doing the show half a year. Um, so I just, I, I really wanted to, be a part of this community and um that's why we love doing this thing um so and we're honored to share this thing with you know the wham guys and dave and sean and everybody else that uh that does this um but we wanted to share our thoughts about this crazy halloween ends news because i'm not gonna lie this kind of ripped the rug out from under me as i did it, it, did, it did i think well it did for most people from what from what i gather most people are pretty like shocked about this mm-hmm. uh as everybody knows tomorrow morning if you're listening on thursday uh tomorrow morning the total film uh, this month's issue of total film drops and obviously we've all seen the front cover dope shot of christopher nelson's halloween tales mask uh and if obviously you're, if you're listening on friday go pick a copy up because this thing is going to be cool uh i'm really excited to see what else is in it and this news 
makes me all the more excited to know what else Jamie Lee Curtis and Malika Cod and uh, David Gordon Green are going to drop in this thing because, again, this is wild. Uh, so according to new reports, Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends will not take place on the same night, which is contrary to what we have all been under the the idea of for the last you know really since halloween kills and halloween ends were announced uh but david gordon green confirmed that halloween ends will take place and i quote a few years later yeah okay i i don't know i was like what (laughs) it's like that doesn't make any sense to me so i mean let's talk about it uh if you followed anybody in the halloween space last couple of months especially since all this stuff about halloween kills was coming out uh you know it's been confirmed for quite a while that halloween 2018 halloween kills and halloween ends were all going to take place on the exact same night which i know you got to suspend your disbelief a little bit others i know a lot of diehard fans are like well if halloween is it you know halloween 2018 is at seven o'clock to ten o'clock and then kills us from ten o'clock to four a.m i mean it's just like it's a movie <laughs> you know what i mean like just take it for what it is it's a movie just enjoy mm-hmm. the just enjoy the movie um, yeah but that's wild. If I did, I whenever you send me that uh, text, I, I was thinking it was gonna be like you know like a day or two afterwards or something no. like that. But damn, a couple of years. That's gonna seem like I don't know the momentum of Halloween Kills is gonna get kind of thrown out of the road. Man, I I thought the same exact thing. Uh, you know, you know here's the thing. I I'm kind of worried. Here's my here. Sorry, my initial you're, you're thought good. was Halloween Ants probably isn't gonna be as impactful again as we may speculate and sorry if that upsets a lot of people i mean i'm sure that's a worry for a good number of fans that that the like the point of halloween kills halloween of halloween 2018 halloween kills and halloween is is the fact that i mean it's supposed to be like kind of a quote-unquote all-out war with michael myers Mm -hmm. but now that halloween ends is supposed to end it's supposed to take place years later I mean, I don't know. I mean, what does that mean? I mean, like, I don't know. Uh, if Halloween Kills is the, is going to be the movie that ends that this specific night that we've all been talking about, like, what is Halloween Ends going to be about? Honestly, right. it raises going to be like another reboot ish kind of movie. It raises a lot of questions. And the interesting thing is that it raises questions that I would have never asked before. Um, And of course, think about this, you know, did anybody lie? No, but information changes, things change. And I have seen the screenshot of the um, total film page of David Gordon Green's interview. Um, It's been deleted a couple of places and I'm honestly, I don't, I didn't save it. I should have saved it. I did not. but. We'll all see it when this magazine comes out tomorrow morning anyways. Uh, I've got a doctor's appointment in the morning, and then I'm going to go straight to Kroger and pick one up because I got to see what's inside of this thing, man. Mm -hmm. Um, But from what I understand, David Gordon Green said that uh, COVID and all of the time that they were kind of shut down, they couldn't film Halloween Ends, uh, it gave them a lot of time to go back through the end script and kind of take a step back and look at this and say, okay, What do we like about this? What do we want to change? And apparently this was something that they wanted to change. They took, um, they they changed up the timeline. Now, 
are they going to change the timeline to match? So say suddenly we're going to jump to 2021. I think that's stupid. I don't think that really serves a purpose. Uh Um, And we've said numerous times, you and I think you and I are both on the same page about this. Halloween ends needs to be the end. Michael and Lori both need to die. No Mm -hmm. Michael opening his eyes. No Michael uh, breathing or jumping as soon as the credits roll. No breathing after the credits. He needs to die. It needs to be the end. That's it. Um, And I don't know, man. This makes me nervous because, like I said before, this poses questions uh, that I wouldn't have asked prior to this and being privy to this knowledge. Um, I don't know. I And, you know, we talked about this, too. I think it would have been very beautiful. It would have been a beautiful way to end the original timeline if Halloween ends, literally ends on November 1st in the morning. Like, sunrise in the morning you know what i mean like that i think that would have been i think that would have been cool it would have been symbolic yeah it would have been very poetic it would have been a cool way to end the story but i don't know man i i i'm kind of when i saw sean's uh stream this morning and then of course dave hopped on and the more and more i thought about it the more and more kind of just flabbergasted i feel as to kind of like i don't really know I don't know what to think. I, I w- I'm a little bit scared now for Halloween ends. Um, and I don't know anything. I don't know. Again, we haven't read the leak script of how, even Halloween kills. We, we don't, you know, I don't, I'm not into that. Um, so you heard it from him first. You from an actual Michael Myers fan. So you understand my perspective of it. I think it's just going to throw Halloween ends under the, under the bus. I think Halloween ends might become a lackluster uh, movie because from what it sounds like in my eye, in my ears, is um, this is just going to be another attempt to reboot the franchise so it continues moving on. Yeah. Like they're just going to continue on with the whole story of. Uh, I'm so sorry, I forgot her name. Lori. The family, like the entire family. Strode. Yeah, the Strode family. Like the Strode family is going to be affected by this. Like their story is going to continue even past Lori. Miguel Miranda, so. everybody. Yeah, I'm sorry, <laughs> but I mean, you you understand what I mean, though, right? Like Absolutely. this sounds like a this sounds like a like a like a, a move just to continue this uh, particular storyline with the Strode family and yeah. Michael Myers, because well, I think pretty sure there's a good chance of there's a good chance of Lori could die and Halloween kills, and it all leads up to the Strode family to finish it off. That could be, that's what I, that's what I can predict right now based on just, you know, relative uh, knowledge from how these franchises work. Honestly. Again, this movie for In Halloween Kills is just not going to be well for the entire show family or for anybody for that matter. Do you agree with me on that? Yeah, I, because I, I'm worried about the direction it's going to take because, again, we haven't read the leaked Halloween Kills script um, but with that being said, we do know some surface level things about the movie. And while we don't know how it ends, from what I understand, this is going to be really fast paced. It's going to be really wild. Even with the flashbacks, Halloween Kills does not end well for the protagonist. It doesn't end well for Lori and her family. It doesn't end well for everybody who survived the original 1978 film. It doesn't end well for Haddonfield. Michael is going to win this this one 
in this, Halloween this Kills. Movie, probably like this battle, yeah. And no. the question here, the, the biggest question for me is if Halloween Kills ends on a very chaotic, fast-paced, wild, like, holy crap note, and Halloween ends just immediately picks up three years later with no explanation or no uh, prep or setup for that, that's going to be, that, or it's going to feel very strange, to say the least. And I think it's going to, like like you said, the pacing is going to be thrown off completely. It's going to be really, really strange. Um, so I don't know. I, tell me this. Do you think we could see half of Halloween ends take place in 2018 and then the last half of the film maybe jumps forward? I feel like half of the movie Halloween Kills, like half is now. And half is later. No, how half of Halloween ends. Halloween Kills is going to be the same night, except for okay. the flashbacks, obviously. But I'm saying, could the beginning of Halloween ends take place in 2018 on the same night, and then maybe the last quarter, the last chunk of the film, maybe jumps two or three years later? My only fear with that, it would it would shorten the blow of Michael Myers. Why would you have Michael Myers come in? Yeah, exactly. It doesn't make sense. It, for me, I feel like it cheapens if, if this you entire that that entire this entire news cheapens the entire film. Let's be honest. You can't. It, it cheapens it because you can't just keep doing the same thing. He escaped in 1978. He killed a bunch of people. He got he got caught. He escapes exactly. in 2018. He kills a whole bunch of people. He gets caught, and then mm-hmm. he's gonna what? Escape again in Halloween ends? That doesn't make any sense to me. That it's too yeah. it's too redundant. It's too repetitive. Um, and it's also blowing Lori's whole phrase evil dies tonight right because you would think evil dies tonight Mm -hmm. obviously halloween kills and halloween ends are going to take place on the same night duh it makes sense um and get look at what we know about halloween kills so or halloween ends so far excuse me jamie lee curtis has said um given what she knows about the next film it'll be the last time she plays her and of course that's not you know she was she was very keen on like that's not i'm not saying laurie dies but she's saying emotionally for the story that david gordon green and danny mcbride and john carpenter have written it won't make any sense for laurie for there to be another movie after halloween ends um malik akkad said that halloween ends is going to be more contained It'll be a much more intimate movie than Halloween Kills will be. And that makes sense. I mean, that's fine. Everything that they just said is fine. But when you take what Malik Akkad and Jamie Lee Curtis said with this new information that they're not going to be on the same night, it's kind of like, but that doesn't make as much sense anymore. And it it raises too many questions and it raises too many possibilities. Yeah, the whole weight of the initial release trailer kind of just, I don't know, dwindles, dwindles down now to my in my eyes. Because I want like I was I was expecting like a full out war that happens all night, three three movies. Yeah. You know, kind of like a fucking Harry Potter thing. I don't think, you know. I don't know. And I it cheapens, like you said earlier, it cheapens the fact that he escaped again. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If you're just gonna have him escape a third time, it's kind of like, okay. Like, we've done this, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Um, and another thing to think about is his age. I mean, Michael is what? 1978, he was 21 years old. Now he's what? 60, 61, 62? 
if we fast forward two or three years, he's going to be what, 64, 65? I mean, come on, is he going to walk around with life alert hanging around his neck? I mean, like, how, we're already really kind of lacing the supernatural thing here with the fact that a 60 year old man can survive all of this and that he's doing this. Exactly. It's kind of like the farther we go, I, he can't be walking around with that walker. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's not, we just. He's taken a fire. He's taken a bullet. He's taken fighting Lori, being stabbed, being shot. I mean, it's just like, come on. Like, I know he's supernatural, and we have a whole video on this. If you click on our channel, the very first video, the the preview video, um, is us talking about the more he kills, the more he transcends that line and Michael's evolution. Um, but I, I don't know. It just it seems. It just seems wild to me, man. Um, it seems it seems cheap to me. Yeah, honestly, not as like you know budget wise, but just like as a story. It right, cheap it cheapens the story, and it makes me worry for how the trilogy is going to end. Because as we said, I think Halloween Kills needs to, or Halloween Ends. I keep getting it mixed up. Halloween Ends needs to be the end. It needs mm-hmm. to be the end of the original storyline. No more Jamie Lee Curtis. No more John Carpenter no more original michael it needs to be it um and even even think about the mask is he gonna get a new mask not holding up because i mean it looks amazing don't get me wrong Mm -hmm. i this is i think my favorite mask of the series i wish trick-or-treat studios would uh unleash this thing with which i know they have to wait for universal and blumhouse to give them the okay um but i mean this thing it's gotten a bullet in the cheek it's survived a fire plus 40 years of rot and uh and you know damage i mean i i don't know there's just there's so there are so many factors in this you know what i mean from this uh, initial like uh breaking news i guess there's just so many things to think about now in regards to how the franchise is going to quote unquote end i don't know man i hope that there is a real legitimate reason you know during this time in covid when david gordon green and danny mcbride i i when they were rewriting the script or they were changing the story um i hope there's a legitimate reason that they're like you know what we're going to change this and we think we can tell a really cool story by make by pushing this a few years later um but i fear that because they've already filmed halloween kills and the picture is locked mm-hmm. i worry that ha- the end of kills and the beginning of ends are not going to make any sense and like we've said a couple of times, it cheapens the fact that he already escaped once in 78 and once in 18. Um, so I I don't know, man. I, I'm Do you sound you sound worried? I am worried. I really am, because I was extremely excited. I mean, I've got my Halloween Kills poster, like I am jacked for Halloween Kills. I am ex- I'm super excited. I think it has the potential to be my favorite in the franchise. Mm-hmm. Um but I'm really worried about how the trilogy is going to end. I really am. Uh, and I, this, I'm with you, buddy. I, I wasn't until I heard this news this morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've played it in my head a million times of how they can do it. I've seen a few people uh, talk about the possibility of maybe they'll go the Halloween Returns route, which you don't even know what that is because I've never talked about it with you before. It was an unused script before they greenlit the 2018 movie. They were going to do a different sequel to the original uh where michael was put on death row he was caught into in a 1978 he was put on death row and basically he escapes um 
just before they kill him and the big fight takes place inside of Smith's Grove. And, you know, that, you know, I, there's people that have speculated maybe he will get captured after kills and maybe this big final fight between him and Laurie takes place in Smith's Grove. But I don't really like that because he went back to Haddonfield for a reason. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, even in the even in the Halloween Kills trailer, Lonnie says, you know, if you trace Michael's victims, it leads you right to his childhood home. I mean, Michael's going home. That's the whole point. The night he came home, like that's the whole thing of him and of course who the hell knows does it make sense why he's going home no. no do we need a reason do we need to know why he's going home no i just i worry that uh halloween ends is going to be cheapened by this and who who knows we could be wrong halloween ends may be the greatest halloween film of all time but it I could just, be it could i just be don't like- know it could be like a psychological thing for Halloween Kills where they talk about the traumatic events or something like that. They could go down that path, but that would cheapen yeah. the whole horror aspect of it. I don't right. know. I think, I hope they don't like, I hope they don't get too um, analytical with Halloween Kills. You know, where it gets yeah. you really thinking because that's not yeah. the type of movie Halloween should be. I get if, uh, if, uh, I get it if what's are that Stephen King movie or whatever, I forget what it's called, or like the two couples going to hide into a little getaway, but she gets trapped in the house. Do you know what I'm talking about? Misery? Misery, I think. No, or not misery. I'm trying to think. It's, it's the most recent one. I think it's the Stephen King uh, adaptation. If you haven't yet, check about. it out. But like, it, but you, you get, you get what I'm saying, where it's like, it's like one of those movies where it's like really contemplating your life. It's like one of those. Like yeah. I should be not. If they try to pull some shit like that on Halloween, I'm gonna be like, I, I'm I'm not gonna be like entertained by that. Halloween is Halloween for a reason because it's basically just a serial killer against these innocents. And the caveat now is that the civilians are fighting back. So that's what made it more interesting for me, and I'm sure for a lot of people like casual fans. And uh, I I mean I kind of I could see. What you say with that first theory, where it's like he gets captured and Halloween kills, and then and then Halloween ends, it's like him going on death row. I could see that, but again, it would gosh, golly, I don't know, man. I just think it's too repetitive. I think yeah, repetitive. I don't know. Halloween is about the mystery of Michael, and that's uh, for me at least. That's that that's what I like most about Halloween. That's why I'm drawn to it. I think. Um, it's because it is a little bit different than most slashers because we don't understand everything about him. We don't understand his motive. We don't understand his purpose. And my fear is that Halloween ends in jumping forward and moving out of this night. If you keep the context of the story in this night, nobody has time to think nobody has time to really think of a plan of how to stop him that's why halloween kills is going to be about a mob mentality and it's going to be about people rising up to try and fight back in the moment they don't have time to take a step back and think okay why is he doing this how do we stop him there's no time for that if you jump three years in the future i'm worried what we'll learn about michael i'm worried how they'll explain things um they'll need a lot more exposition which is unnecessary 
Exactly. And honest. I worry, especially I God, I hope that he doesn't just like walk out into the woods somewhere and then no one knows where he is for three years and then suddenly he he appears on Halloween four years later. Like, no. 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 This isn't Halloween five. This isn't Halloween six. None of that makes any sense. It it just it's too much to explain. It's too much exposition. It's too much exposition that needs to be told again. It's like the it, whole, it's like the whole like Martha and Thomas Green thing. It's like yeah. we've seen it so many times, we don't need to see it again. You I know think how it's, much weight that that scene is. We don't need to see it again. We really know. So if yeah. we're gonna see Michael Myers escape again and come back, I mean, it's just gonna feel like, well, fuck, here comes hunting season again. Yeah. Ready. I just, I, I'm. I'm a little worried about this one and I'm usually pretty excited about Halloween news. Um, mm-hmm. But this one kind of has me like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. So I don't know, guys, if you're listening, please take a second. Let us know uh, what you're thinking in the comments below. Um, this one was a doozy. It caught us all off guard. Thank you so much to Sean Jero and the guys over at Fandom Empire for breaking the news this morning. Um, we'll be talking about this one for a while because this is this is crazy. Uh, be sure to pick up a copy of Total Film tomorrow morning because I am sure uh, that there'll be more information in there. And remember that... And we're back. And we're back. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I know you. Uh, so we had technical difficulties last night um, and we had to stop recording the episode. So... It's a new day. We're filming in the middle of the day, which is really, really weird and unusual for us because we usually film really late at night. <laughs> yeah, but dog, someone's talking like eleven o'clock at night. Yeah, this is new. We're here and we're wearing new clothes because it's and a we're new back. day. I was lucky uh, about to tell Brad like, "Hey, we should probably just wear the same clothes we wore yesterday." But then I was like, "You know yeah. what? No, I'm not gonna do no. that." No. Yeah. I already threw mine in the hamper, so we're good. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. It is Friday now. Uh, Friday, boys. This episode drops tonight, which, of course, if you're listening to this, you know that. Uh, I tried to find Total Film, the Halloween edition of Total Film, at four different stores today. And I didn't find it once. So I'm probably just going to end up ordering it online. But I really wanted the satisfaction of seeing it, like actually visualizing it and seeing it in a store and actually holding it in my hand and picking it up off a shelf. But... Of course, I won't do that. You want to know what the Barnes and Noble woman told me? She was extremely nice. Uh, but she was also like, yeah, we only get like three copies of Total Film when they when they send it to us. And I was like, okay. Only three? So they get like three copies is of each edition. Is that Barnes and Noble so or is it like Total Films? I have no idea. I don't know. Hmm. But they said new stands on Friday and it's not anywhere. <laughs> so I checked Kroger. I checked Walmart. I checked uh barnes and noble nowhere's got it so whatever i'll order it you should check any gas stations i'm sure some of them have them. i don't know i think it might be a little too uh up there focus. for gas stations so i don't know I don't yeah know. it's Chuck too much Driver's of a focus like, thing Chuck driver's like halloween right i think so i don't know joe grizzly joe grizzly. <laughs> i'm joe grizzly bitch all right uh let's talk some marvel news this is before the halloween ends halloween kill stuff happened the bulk of this show was going to be about this week's Marvel news because there is a lot of stuff about the multiverse um, and about the MCU as we move forward. Not really about any project 
specifically um there is quite a bit of spider-man no way home stuff but um so first off it's been no secret that the folks over at marvel studios um they had a plan moving forward even as early as iron man and the incredible hulk when they came out in 2008 and when this thing started and for a really really long time each actor had to sign for so many films in their contract but kevin feige confirms that now things are changing for marvel in a big way and their talent will not have to sign for five, six, seven, eight, even as much as 10 or in 10 films. Um, it'll be more of a film to film contract uh, in basis. Does that make sense? You, yeah, I, 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 I remember that. reading about that. No, I remember reading about that. I'm sure yeah. a lot of people, when they found that out, they were probably curious as to why. I don't think it's probably like a MCU move. You know what I mean? I think it's just like a fact of uh, the, I think it's just a, another effect of the COVID pandemic, to be honest. Honestly, I wondered if it was a little bit of a lot of things. I wonder if it was a little bit of Disney too, since Disney is in control now. Um, now, if you're, if you're confused, so at the beginning, in order to become, you know, whoever, what other character, in order for an actor to play that character, they had to sign on to appear in so many films. So Tom Hiddleston had to appear. He in when he signed the contract to play Loki before he was ever in any of the movies, Tom Hiddleston signed on for six films. Samuel L. Jackson signed on for nine movies. Anthony Mackie signed on for 10. At the time, Elizabeth Olsen only signed on for two movies, and she's been in what age of ultron uh civil war endgame infinity war she's been Wanda. in at least four plus yeah. wandavision um so i mean obviously her character has grown a whole lot and they've i guess even used her more than they thought they would uh chris evans signed on for six but there was a contract negotiation and he marvel wanted him to sign on for nine films and chris evans only he you know fought them a little bit um, and negotiated and he got six films. The interesting one is Robert Downey Jr.'s contracts were movie to movie, but the thing with Robert Downey Jr. is he was a little bit different. The whole thing kind he of couldn't, he was the first, A, and then also you, it kind of wouldn't have made sense without him. So he had a little bit of leverage to use there to be like, hey, I'm not signing on for, a, for 12 movies. I'm signing on for one. Um, mm -hmm. And then we'll kind of, we'll just, as needed, they'll throw RDJ in there. Um, and if you look at this from Disney and Marvel's perspective, it's great. You lock in your talent. Um, you lock in using whatever character X amount of times. But it can be a good or bad thing for the talent themselves because... They're pretty much locked into, like, yeah. the MCU. Right. And it's it's job security. Like, I, you know, for an up-and-coming up actor, that may be great. But for an RDJ, for a Tom Hiddleston, for Samuel L. Jackson, for people like that, who do mm -hmm. do quite a few other projects pretty frequently, it mm -hmm. could kind of hinder you too, because like you said, you're, you're locked in. It kind of prevents you from doing any other projects. And I mean, I know we typically think of them like, you know, RDJ is always going to be known as Tony Stark. Like that's going to, that, it's just going to be his most memorable role. Um, but Samuel L. Jackson, I mean, let's be completely honest. When you think Samuel L. Jackson, the first role you think of is not Nick Fury. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, 
they do other projects. And for a lot of these people, uh, they don't want their only project to be Marvel stuff. As great as Marvel is and as, as into it as they all are, um, and it's understandable. I mean, you don't want – it would be like doing the same task at work, but, like, you're only allowed to do that task. Like, it just yeah. – it you know, it, it it's not fun for them. And I think if you lock them in, it makes them lose interest in the project as a whole, you know? Oh, yeah. And I think that – I mean, I get that uh, – it's understandable that for, like, an actor, it's like a, a burnout. Like, you could tell when people are burnt out on the character that they play. Yeah. For sure. So I think, I mean, with uh, Samuel Jackson and uh, say Tony Stark, I mean, fuck, Robert Downey Jr. Um, they're really well known in their character as Nick Fury and Iron Man, right? But they still have prominent uh, uh, characters that they play. Like for Robert Downey Jr., it's uh, Sherlock Holmes or what's fucking face in Tropic Thunder. Yeah, um, that movie he did called The Judge. Oh my God, that the was judge. such a good movie. Have you ever seen The Judge? With uh, Robert Duvall? Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, um, I, I, I want to say I own that. It's, a, it's an emotional movie. I, I, own, I, I think it's one of the few movies that I actually watched it for the first time. Um, I, I think I watched it like on DVR or something when it came out um, or like on demand or whatever. And uh I went and bought it on Blu-ray because I loved it. It was just, a, mm-hmm. I, I thought it was a really good, emotional, deep movie. Uh, it was, and it was nice to see Robert Downey Jr. not Tony Stark for a change. You know what I mean? Exactly, as much as I love him actor. as Tony Stark, he's despite, a really good actor. Yeah, despite, you know, Dr. Doolittle or whatever the fuck he made. I mean, that wasn't the best one he's made since, that was I his first movie. That was his first movie not playing Tony Stark after he died. Yeah. Spoiler, but dude, if people haven't this. seen Endgame by now, I don't think. Yeah, I, yeah. I think we're past spoiler. Alert. Okay, but before before Iron Man or like after Iron Man, he didn't really know what was gonna happen. He didn't really foresee anything coming. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, he took projects on. I mean, he took Sherlock Holmes. He did The Judge. He did. Uh, I think a, another one somewhere. No, he did Tropic Thunder after Iron Man because I remember he mm. talked about how uh, I wasn't that was. At the I time. wasn't a fan of Tropic Thunder to be honest. It was no, okay. Tropic- it was fine. It just it didn't like. I didn't really understand all of the hype it got. It's getting a lot of hype now because 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 they're trying to. There's news circling around where they want to like cancel RDJ because he did blackface or like pretty much he oh did blackface. God. Which, if you guys, you know, read up on there, if you guys follow uh, Tropic Thunder, I get it. I get why people are upset with him doing blackface, but you gotta understand uh, who was uh, who was the main character in that film? Do you remember? He played. Uh, I don't know. He he played. He's he's in Zoolander. Okay, that man. He's a phenomenal writer. Um, ben director. Stiller. Yeah, Ben Stiller. He is a phenomenal writer, actor, and director. If I agree. You guys, if you guys don't know, watch Walter Mitty. Oh my God, that's another Mitty. one of my. I actually don't own that. That's one of my favorite movies of all it's time a, too. That's a pretty great movie too. And um, I remember if, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, there were people really upset with RDJ doing blackface, which I understand the initial reaction. But when you dissect the movie as a whole, you understand why he needed to do it because yeah. he was basically like 
putting a spotlight to what me and Brian love to talk about, which is the hypocrisy of Hollywood. As much as we love Hollywood yeah. and the movies, we understand the business as a whole is just filled with a bunch of hypocrites. And it was pretty much that. It was pretty much just a spoof or a or just a blow back to what Hollywood thinks it can do, which was blackface. So well, RDJ and that was had, also what year did Tropic Thunder come out? It was like a couple years after I think it was like a year after Iron Man. So it was Hey like, Siri. What year did Tropic Thunder come out? Tropic Thunder was 2008. August 13th, 2008. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. So it, it came, came out, out in 2008. Yeah. So it was around the same time as Iron Man. <laughs> so back, but back to the whole RDJ thing. He did that and um so he clearly had some uh time and space to do other projects right and i think that was only because marvel didn't really know what they were getting themselves into they didn't know what this was at the yeah. time they knew what they wanted to do they didn't know how big of a scope it was so i think i get why rdj had that leeway but i think it was after avengers whenever the whole five contract thing yeah. started becoming known i'm sure like when Thor came out, that's when the contract started rolling out. But um, I think around Avengers is whenever it started becoming more common. I'll tell you what. I was kind of shocked that Anthony Mackie had to sign on for 10. That makes me think they knew that Chris Evans wouldn't stick around forever and that Chris Evans would want to move on. So they knew they were going to try to lock in Anthony Mackie so that they always had a cap. Well, I don't know if you knew. Like, there was a... Like when Age of Ultron came out, that's when the whole contract discussion happened. That's when people started talking about the contracts and they're trying to come up with theories. That's where I think around Age of Ultron, whenever theories started just shooting out the window mm-hmm. and discussions of what people's contracts were. Because I remember, like, we never, I remember we never talked about people's contracts in movies. That was never like a yeah. thing. But then when Age of Ultron came out, and we started wanting to see more, we started looking at their contracts, seeing how long, how many movies they're going to be in, how right. long they're going to be in. That's whenever the theories start rolling out. Because if you look back, that's, that's kind of the same place where like the theories started coming. Whenever they found out, um, whenever they found out uh, Thanos, when he ever got the gauntlet, he said, fine, I'll do it myself. Like that's whenever the theories started rolling out. And we're like, okay, this is going to get massive. Because the first initial one with Thanos and Avengers, Everyone thought that was just like an Easter egg or like a, or something like that. Like not, nothing's going to come out. People yeah. thought Avengers were just going to be it. But then it kept going. So it's funny to think like how how much Marvel, how much they didn't, how much we didn't know how big Marvel was going to be. So that's why the contracts were in place. That way, if it did happen that it was going to continue, they had they had a steady like agreement with the with the actors right and but honestly now, i was gonna say but now with infinity war with the infinity saga over they're back to like square one so they're not going to want to do these long-term projects because they don't know what's going to happen right i think they're just stepping back a little bit going back to their old uh blueprints just to see if it works again yeah and i don't know who you know you had mentioned like people the guessing game of like is this going to be so-and-so's last movie his contract Mm -hmm. is up are they going to renew it are they going to renew it um 
they might be trying to get ahead of that a little bit too, because I think the fact that Chris Evans and RDJ's contracts were over with Endgame, people kind of knew that they that they'd be gone. Um, so they might be trying to kind of take away that uh that guessing game factor. Um, but the fact is, Disney and Marvel are done with these long term contracts. Uh, here's what Kevin Feige want, had to say. He said. Really, what we want are people that come in, are excited to be in the universe, and excited at the opportunity to do more things, as opposed to being locked into contractual obligations. Uh, and I think that's a good business model for them uh, at this point. You know, again, yeah. go back 10, 11 years now, uh, they didn't have the street cred of being the MCU yep. to justify that. They had to lock people in in order to build the universe. But now the MCU is established and it's the biggest entertainment giant there is right now. Um, and they don't need to lock people into to the universe because the universe is already built. So they're just trying to expand on it. And they're looking for actors that want to expand on it and that want to be a part of it. And let's be completely honest. I would say the majority of the actors that are getting even small roles uh, and the MCU films are like, holy crap, I'm a part of the MCU. You hear yeah, them talk about it all the time, about this is such a big honor. And I'm like, holy crap, that I'm part of this, and I'm in the movie, and I'm in the MCU, and I'll be a recurring character and whatever. People want to be in it at this point. Yeah. And talent wants to be a part of it. They want to play a role in the Marvel Universe. So for the stage that the MCU is at right now, um, and given the groundwork that Disney and Marvel laid previously they don't need to try and trap talent in in um into playing these roles anymore people want to be a part of it they want exactly. to they want to sign that contract even if it's mm -hmm. just for one movie they want to be a part of it exactly i think that i think this is just showing um i think it's just showing like how big marvel has gotten now at this point because now that, like you said, so many people want to be a part of this, we don't really need to put you in this, these like multiple movie contracts because yeah. if you want to come back, you can, you're going to come back. Right. And if you don't, we're not, I mean, why? it's like, no, there are no one scared of people not coming back. Because They'll pull a Terrence a Howard honor. and recast you with Don Cheadle. Yeah, yeah which is <laughs> just another. <laughs> that was bad. Yeah, yeah, that was bad. But um, yeah, but no one wants to leave the MCU because one, good money in it obviously if you're if you're an mcu character you 100 have you're going to get a lot of bank not only from yeah. movies but also from like you know just your general merchandise you're going to be forever plastered into the merchandising world as that character so you're going to get royalties mm -hmm. so it's just a it's a big opportunity and achievement and honor to be in the mcu so For there's sure. no there's really no need to do these contracts when i first heard about this news i was kind of concerned because i thought it was going to be like a, oh if it doesn't work we won't bring you back no it's the fact that they're so confident that hey that you will come back yeah if you're in this you're you're gonna want to come back yeah so it's it's a lot of confidence right there right so i i and i and it's and it's rightfully so because again, like MCU did damn near the impossible in the movie industry. Yeah, for so. sure. Um, so let's talk about the multiverse storyline a little bit. Um, there's a lot of people that are 
kind of under the impression or under the belief now that obviously the first three um, phases were the Infinity Saga. And do you think we could be moving into the multiverse saga? Do you think that could be the overarching theme? Just like Thanos was the overall theme of the first uh, three phases? I don't think they're going to call it the multiverse saga. I mean, we may dub it, but I don't think MCU is going to go outright and say, hey, yeah, this is the multiverse saga. I think probably at the end, they'll name it kind of the same way they did with Infinity War. Because again, when they came out and they said this was the Infinity Saga, I was like, that's a dope name. Yeah, it really is. It's a really dope name. So I could totally see them at the end of this multiverse phase of the MCU. I could totally see them pawning uh, yeah. a name out for it. Right. Um, so we know that Loki, uh, the first season of Loki just ended last week. Uh, we got the reveal that there is going to be a season two, which is different from Falcon and the Winter Soldier and WandaVision, where they were a limited series. Loki will return. There will be a season two of Loki. And it makes sense, given the way that it ended with um, Kang, or this variant of Kang, he who remains being killed by Sylvie. Um, spoiler sorry. Now... Th- Here's the big news about um, this is really Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness news. So pretty soon after the finale of Loki aired, it has now been reported that Loki is heavily rumored, not confirmed, but heavily rumored to appear in Multiverse of Madness. And it only makes sense given the fact that there w- it was chaos at the end. Chaos was unleashed at the end of Loki season one. The multiverse is open and Doctor Strange is going to need a cigarette and uh, some time on the couch alone because his life is about to get whack. <laughs> yeah, about to get whack. I see. I there think... was a there was a meme of um, it was like Loki talking to Strange and it was Matthew McConaughey smoking the cigarette. And when he's got like the you know, he looks really stressed and like he's smoking oh. just to calm himself down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that one. Yeah, that that one's good. I think um, I think with this whole like Loki having a second season, I was really surprised by that because we were expecting like a full end for that right. story. But I don't think because they didn't talk about it possibly having another season whenever it was announced. Yeah. No, no TV show. None of the series were being hinted that a sequel is going to come until mm-hmm. like damn near the end yeah so that's pretty cool that loki's getting a second season right i mean obviously because there needs to be more said with the uh, king i think the whole duration of this of uh i think the rest of the mcu projects all the way up until i would say quantum mania uh, we're probably going to see like certain variants of king I'm yeah. pretty certain. I could For see sure. that. And that'd be cool. It'd be like a dark version of Stan Lee. Mm-hmm. Just a little well, bit. I don't know. For me, I, it's not really shocking. But the big question here is, again, how long is the... Because if you remember, if you think back to what the second episode of the show we did like months ago, we mm-hmm. thought the multiverse thing would be WandaVision, Spider-Man, Multiverse of Madness, done. And that would be it. But now we've had WandaVision. We've had Loki. Uh, We'll have Spider-Man No Way Home. We'll have Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. We'll have Loki Season 2. 
they keep tacking on more multiverse things, especially then if you get in Morbius and Venom, and there's already been kind of ties in from different universes in those trailers. Mm-hmm. I just don't know. I mean, do you think that the next... We've talked about this, and honestly, I don't even need to ask you this, because I know you think that we're moving towards a Secret Wars kind of thing, and that that could be the next endgame level event, um, but I still don't think that the multiverse is going anywhere after um, after Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And I think I stand by the thought that I had a while ago that they did not plan on the multiverse being a thing until Disney and Sony hashed out their stuff with Spider-Man. Because Spider-Man is such a big part of this whole multiverse thing with the Spider-Verse. I mean, let's be real. It's cool seeing the variants of Loki. And I mean, it's interesting. But people want to see Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield and Tom Holland in the same movie. You know, that's part of the draw for this whole multiverse storyline in general. So, again, I don't think it's shocking. But it makes me question what is actually going to happen in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Because I don't think that's going to be the end of the multiverse storyline just as kevin feige had said that that movie will not be the end of wanda's storyline as many people reported on and kind of predicted that she would die it would be a house of m type thing i don't think that's the case so what's your take on the events of doctor strange and the multiverse of madness if you have doctor strange and wanda and loki and all of these other multiversal characters what are my predictions? I mean, do you have any thoughts on like where the plot's gonna go? I mean, I know, I, I Jesus Christ, I don't even know because there's a lot more slated uh, movies out there right now. I mean, I guess it depends on Spider-Man No Way Home too, and what happens yeah, in that film. But also understand that there's two. I've said this before, like there's two. Um, two storylines is going to take place now, which is the high-level multiverse one and then the low-level with Thunderbolts because of what Valentina is doing with, uh, uh, with you know, USA, Thunderbolts. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like, I think that's going to, I think that's just another storyline that's going to take place. And I don't think we're going to lead into Secret Wars until, you know... Yeah, five, I think Secret Wars is... I think five or even a decade later until yeah. you can see that. But I remember you said uh, something that they weren't even thinking of a multiverse thing until when? I don't think that the multiverse and doing any of this was really on the table until Disney and Sony hashed out their deal with Spider-Man, with the Spider-Man characters. I think when Disney and Sony got on good terms and was like, they were like, hey we can do this. Um, I think that was when WandaVision and Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness and Loki uh, and No Way Home, I think that's when these things started to get on the table and they were like, hey, we can craft a story this way and this is the direction we want to take it. So I don't, I mean, I don't think they scrapped anything else. I think Shang-Chi was always their plan. I think Black Widow Mm -hmm. was always their plan. Um, But I do think that the idea of the multiverse and the fact that they could do it and it wasn't impossible did change things for them a little bit. I think the idea was there before the Sony deal because I remember after Infinity War or after even Endgame, the Russo brothers were interviewed asked if they would ever come back for another project and Uh both of them have said, 
we'll only come back unless we're filming a secret wars yeah so i know that they had like initial plans for it to be a multiverse thing because obviously secret wars is a multiverse thing yeah so i know they had it in their back pocket they just didn't know how to achieve it at that point because obviously because the sony deal and all that they i'm pretty sure in infinity war they didn't have all the rights yet i know it was just spider-man and the sony thing happening Mm-hmm. But when Endgame ended and, you know, everything started uh, chilling out and people started becoming more um, fruitful to the idea of MCU getting their characters back, I think that's whenever the whole idea of the multiverse thing started coming to fruition. Right. So I, could, I could see that as a possible uh, scenario that came came out. But, I mean, we'll just have to see later on because I know there's a lot coming coming, coming soon. Yeah. And like I said, I think a lot of, I think a lot of what will happen in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness will be dependent on Spider-Man No Way Home um, and the events that take place in that film as well. Uh, So let's talk Spider-Man No Way Home a little bit because we've had uh, some funny news actually this week. And yes, I say funny because it's actually kind of makes me laugh a little bit. Uh, So where do we even begin? Um, About a week ago, Sony's music and soundtracks department posted a picture on their Twitter and Instagram account celebrating the release of Spider-Man 2, which that meaning Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 2 from 17 years ago, right? And that's fine. Yeah. Cool. That's okay. The hashtags were a little sus, my guy. <laughs> What's up with these hashtags, man? They're fucking up. And here's the thing, and I've said it once and I will say it again. Who the hell is running Sony's social media accounts? They should be fired because this is not the first time that something has leaked or has been said that shouldn't have been said on a verified official Sony account, whether it's the US account, whether it's one of the overseas accounts. Um, And it's always something related to Spider-Man No Way Home. And so they posted an image of Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. It's, he's got the whole thing going on from, you know, the Spider-Man 2 poster. And the hashtags beneath the picture were like, Spider-Man, hashtag Spider-Man No Way Home, hashtag Tom Holland, hashtag Tobey Maguire, hashtag Andrew Garfield, hashtag Marvel, hashtag Kirsten Dunst. It was just, it was like, they used hashtags from all three Spider-Man films. Um, which again, could they have just been doing that for the sake just of getting clicks, maybe? Yeah. But I just think it's like, but why would you, unless they're deliberately trying to troll people because they know that people nitpick and they know that people will dig and notice it, mm-hmm. which it's since been deleted. I just think it's funny that, um, you know, since that was released, now they've Disney proofed it and it's gone and all the hashtags are different. I just can't believe that they are continuing to put stuff uh, or leak stuff like unnecessarily on official Tony account or Tony Sony accounts. I just think it's hilarious. It, it, it cracks me up. <laughs> was it a Sony account? It was the verified uh, Sony music and sound music and soundtracks account i think that's what it's called yeah i don't think they've been indoctrinated yet 
to the MCU. I don't think Kevin Feige has, you know, brainwashed him yet to know what exactly to do. What you can say and what you can't say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, that always that always reminds me of like the Mark Ruffalo incident. I know, right? Do, like live stream the everybody four. dies. Yeah. Well, that was like after, but I remember I'll never forget the story with because I'm pretty sure everybody knows about the whole Mark Ruffalo thing. Because if you guys don't know, I mean, he was in Thor Ragnarok. They told him he should Facebook Live the event, and he didn't know how to turn off the Facebook Live, so he just put it in his pocket, silenced his phone, and went to the movie. And he live streamed the first like five minutes of the movie, and he, people he didn't I do know. remember yeah, that. Yeah, remember that. And I remember, uh, <laughs> I remember after all that has been said, and he and they settled the situation. Remember Kevin Feige met up with Mark and Mark, and Kevin Feige went to Mark and was like, what are you doing, man? What are you trying to do? And Mark was like, honestly, man, I wasn't trying to do anything. But then later on, uh, I'll never forget, uh, Kevin Feige ran up to Mark Ruffalo again, and Mark was like, Kevin, again, I'm so sorry. And then Kevin was like, are you kidding me? That was a, that was a brilliant idea. We got more press from that than the fucking movie. So it was like... <laughs> It's, it's nice to know Kevin Feige still has, he's not like a, uh, how you say, dictator that's like trying to like keep yeah. things secret at all times. Keep time. it all under wraps. Yeah. I feel like every time somebody accidentally leaks some, leak something about the MCU, then Kevin Feige turns into that smoking Matt McConaughey meme. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could see that. Pull so, that picture up so everyone can see it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so furthermore, there have been some theater chains specifically overseas that have gotten kind of antsy and kind of impatient when it comes to Spider-Man No Way Home because theater chains overseas have begun using fan posters in their theaters to promote Spider-Man No Way Home because they're sick of waiting for Disney and Marvel to give them the Spider-Man No Way Home poster. So there are uh, actually fan posters, and I'll put it up on your screen now, um, being used in movie theaters around the world to promote it because we don't have an official poster yeah, yet. We don't have it. an official trailer yet or anything other than a title. So <laughs> it's just funny. The managers are probably like, print something out and put it in the thing. I don't care what it is. It can be Wait, anything. Go, Google, Google Images. Times just... New Roman, just write the fucking thing <laughs> and just go for it. That's pretty dope. It'd be though. funny if I they did like hilarious. just a white, like the whole poster is white and just in little tiny black Times New Roman font, it says Spider-Man No Way Home, December 2021. <laughs> it's a little exactly. tiny font where you have to walk up like right there to see it. Because we're like months away now, ain't we? <sighs> we're not that far away. We are less than a half a year away from Spider-Man No Way Home and we have still gotten nothing. I know there was a big rumor that it would come out yesterday and it didn't obviously i don't know i don't know what they're waiting for i thought they might want it to play in front of black widow because black widow is a bigger name i don't see why they would put it in front of shang chi because shang chi and black widow are two very different you know what i mean like popularity level wise yeah I, I just don't, I don't know what they're waiting on, man. I really don't. And I know they, their marketing has a purpose and everything is released at a specific point at a specific time for a reason, but I just don't really, I don't know what they're hanging on to it for other than for 
the sake of hanging on to it, the cat is out of the bag. I would think they would want to do some damage control. And instead of people just having all of these theories about what the movie's going to be about and so and so, um, they would want to try to shut that down a little bit and show them what it's going to be. You know what I mean? So I don't know. Unless they're really just getting a kick out of everybody throwing around all these wild and wacky theories. But I don't know. But still, we want to post it for fuck's sakes, guys. I know. Yeah. I need something else to buy. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I really oh, yeah. don't have any more room for posters. I don't. Neither do I that you guys can see. I got plenty of room over here. But... I'm out of room. I am completely mm-hmm. out of room in here for posters. Um, so let's talk about Kevin Feige a little bit more. Uh, in a recent interview with the D23 Inside Disney podcast, Kevin Feige confirmed that the powers that be at Marvel Studios have in fact had a meeting about the quote-unquote rules of the multiverse Um, Here's what Kevin Feige had to say. He said, as you indicated before we started recording, the multiverse is coming up in a big way. There's interconnectivity between that, excuse me, there's interconnectivity there that people have already started to see and suss out. And I had a meeting this morning with the whole broad Marvel Studios team going through the multiverse and the rules of the multiverse and exactly how to really deliver on the excitement surrounding the multiverse. Because like with so much with Marvel, that is a topic that when we first had Sam Jackson appear in a cameo at the end of Iron Man, I thought it would be a relatively small group of people that were excited by that and we'd have to educate a broader public about what that meant and who Nick Fury was, but almost instantly, if you remember way back to the summer of 2008, it ignited everyone's imagination. So they, Marvel has had a meeting about the rules of the multiverse and what they're allowed to do. So to me, this kind of seems like they're trying to get their story straight. They're trying to get their ideas in order. Um, this seems like they're trying to pave a path for where they want to go. And they're trying to brainstorm and figure out where they want to go from here. Just like he brought up that they did with Samuel L. Jackson appearing at the end of Iron Man. Um, so it's kind of cool. I think, yeah. I think it's pretty cool that the fact that they're still planning, like it goes to show that they're yeah. not really, they're not 100% solidified 10 years down the line. Yeah, and like, I think they're still this, thinking as as they go. It also solidifies that the multiverse thing isn't going anywhere anytime soon, which is exactly. again contrary to what at least contrary to what I thought. I didn't think that the multiverse would be around for this long. I thought it would be a couple movies they'd do the Spider Verse and they'd get that out of the way, and then they'd be like, okay, here's what we really wanted to do. I think they're trying to really put a little bit more weight on this whole multiverse thing, which is pretty cool. Um, And Kevin Feige also clarified that uh, he said they used to not need a whiteboard because it was kind of just in their heads. They knew what they were going to do as a whole. Um, But now they have a whiteboard, apparently, uh, with their whole map of what they're going and where they're where the Marvel Universe is headed. And I could imagine people trying to do the Storm Area 51 thing to get in and steal that whiteboard or get a picture of that whiteboard. Say, like, they That's an expensive whiteboard. <laughs> they probably shouldn't have said that there was a whiteboard because I feel like anybody now that has access is going to want to try to like take a picture of it. Kevin Feige's see, got that like locked in a vault in his basement guarded by like the U.S. military probably. Exactly. If we see <laughs> that, if there's ever a leak, if you ever see anything like, a, like that happening where there's a leak of the whiteboard, 
please, for God's sakes, do not, do not look at it. Do not do anything. I'd much rather, this is such a, like, this is such, like, an important thing. It's like, I don't want to be spoiled for this one. <laughs> Secret like, Wars, X-Men, Fantastic Four, Wolverine, Worldbreaker Hulk. <laughs> exactly. Like, I, I don't, I don't want to know what's going to happen in the next decade. I'm, I'm completely yeah. okay with not knowing. Yeah, me too. When it comes to this, I'm okay with not knowing. So I just think it's kind of interesting. Lots of multiverse stuff to talk about tonight. But I mean, like we've said the last few weeks, um, and we've covered a lot on the multiverse, it's it's kind of a big deal right now. There's a lot going on with the whole multiverse storyline. So yeah, there is a lot. Um, So let's do this. So the last story of the night that we are going to talk about is, uh, is some Walking Dead news. So if you think back to the very beginning, the very inception of The Walking Dead, Robert Kirkman wrote the novels, and then Frank Darabont, who directed The Green Mile, he directed Shawshank Redemption, um, fantastic director, fantastic filmmaker, he's really the one who got the TV series rolling. He's the one who made it happen. Uh, at least for what I understand. And I am not a hundred percent certain what the falling out was, but I believe Robert Kirk, not Robert Kirkman, um, Frank Darabont was only with The Walking Dead for the first season and possibly the second season before he made his exit. And I believe Maybe. there was some type of falling out between him and AMC that led to that. But I'm let me. Uh, I'm gonna screen share this article here because I wanted to pull it up and show you. Let's see. Allow, sure. Sure, allow. AMC to pay. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, AMC to pay Frank Darabont. Who the fuck is that guy? That's Frank Darabont. He looks like 200... a man at a Jimmy Buffett concert. <laughs> $200 million in a settlement for uh, the Walking Dead profits fight. So the deal revealed Friday and an SEC filing resolves all litigation and buys the TV showrunner and his agency out of most of their rights to the intellectual property of the franchise. So there was kind of a little bit of a battle between AMC and Frank Darabont as to who really had creative rights and who really owned the TV series. Uh, So the article you can read with me, the long running legal battle over Frank Darabont's profits from The Walking Dead has come to an end with AMC Networks making a nine figure payout to the former showrunner and his agency CAA. Um, Darabont first sued in 2013 and the battle eventually spawned a spinoff in 2018. He and CAA claimed the network had used shady accounting to short them on profits. The fight largely examined the deal making behind AMC's hit and centered on how to calculate its net profits. Ooh, that's a lot. So basically Frank Darabont is saying that AMC gypped him and his company on how much money they should have been making from The Walking Dead. Um, again, is that true or not? I don't know. It's Hollywood. <laughs> I mean, anything anything can be true. You know what I mean? Um, oh, yeah. 
So let's read on here. While other hit AMC shows like Mad Men and Breaking Bad were produced by other studios, The Walking Dead was the first series that AMC both produced and distributed. So the dispute served as a test cause or test case, excuse me, on profit sharing and vertical integration, an increasingly relevant issue as self-distributed content is prevailing in the streaming world um the original judge seemed to favor darabont and caa in fact amc hired or fired its original lawyers at Kasowitz and replaced them with gibson dunn the new team was able to stave off a summary judgment loss and was prepared to make the trial all about how darabont had been represented in the original contract negotiation by sophisticated lawyers and agents and was merely trying to use litigation to renegotiate their deal um so I'm not going to read on past that. It's a lot of the the legal information about, you know, what happened. So basically, AMC is trying to say, look, Frank Darabont had all of his legal stuff in order. And there were legit lawyers there the entire time that were making sure that he was getting his cut. And then you have Frank Darabont on the other side who was like, hey, you never did this with any of your other shows. And suddenly with The Walking Dead, you're going to self-destruct or um, you're going to go Yeah, self-distribute through AMC. So he's saying that he didn't get the cut he deserved. Um, Now, why he actually left The Walking Dead, I don't know. I'm sure that probably had something to do with it. Um, Do you think the series took a hit when he left, like after season one, season two? Or do you think they maintained their creative balance without him there? Because you got to think, Galen heard... Scott Gimple, a lot of the people that were there from the beginning are still there now, even though The Walking Dead still even now kind of feels like a very different show from even back then. So interesting. Yeah, I mean, golly, I really, I low-key wasn't a fan of it during one and two. I'm not gonna lie. Really? It wasn't, wasn't my, wasn't my cup of tea. I mean, I liked, I liked the first Mm -hmm. season, obviously, but second season was kind of blue for a little bit. I actually really liked the second season a lot. I mean, the only thing I liked was Shane and that little uh, dilemma they were having. Yeah, that's I know, fair. I know the, and I guess the farm just didn't hit me as much. It wasn't as emotional as I would say the prison. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that was like in season three, if I'm not mistaken. Right. But yeah, I don't, I don't think their create creativity dwindled since season... Uh, I know that they're. I could probably sense the direction change in the parts or the pacing change. Yeah, and I think a lot of that has to do with Scott Gimble too. When he became showrunner, when he was not showrunner anymore, I think Angela Kang has done a really, really good job of getting it back on track. Because there were season five, four, five, six, maybe it got a little. There were parts of The Walking Dead that I was like, okay, we could we could cut that out completely. You know what I mean? Like there yeah, are just a couple little segments in there where I was like, I, why? Like why this is not, especially after the prison. Yeah. That was rough, man. The prison really wasn't much after, I mean, it, the show wasn't much after the prison until, you know, the events of Terminus. They were literally just walking out in the woods for like an entire half a season. Like that yeah, was pretty much it. Um, but yeah, I think it's interesting that Frank Dar- Darabont's trying to fight for uh not only his rights, but he's trying to fight for the um, the money that he lost as a result of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I totally get it too. And I, yeah, I get it. I the, 
kind of the question is like, who knows if it's true? Did AMC really jip him? Or is he just trying to use this to be like, hey, you know, is he just trying to, like, is he just trying to get more money somebody? out of it and yeah. kind of tie his name? I know he really liked it. I think Frank Darabont said um, in an interview that he read, I think he read like Days Gone By or something like that um, in a in a bookstore somewhere and he pitched it to AMC and they loved it. And, um, you know, I just, I, I don't know. It, it's, you know, you always want somebody who gave so much to a series or a franchise or a film to get their fair share because I mean, let's be real. It was, you know, it was their inception. They helped to come up with it. So, um, I'm not really sure what the, uh, with the correct, if that's the right word, who who's right and who's wrong yeah. in this battle. Um, but it's interesting for sure. I, I found it pretty interesting as a big Walking Dead guy. Um, it's very just much the fact that they were, yeah, that they were fighting over it. And I just, mm-hmm. I, again, I don't really know who's right in that scenario. Exactly. So, so I don't know. I want to see more about that, honestly. We will. I'll be curious to see. I believe it said there's another lawsuit against Robert Kirkman, possibly or involving Robert Kirkman in November. So we'll have to see how that takes place as well. Um, But guys, I think that's going to do it for this Friday's episode of Let's Talk Movie News. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. And uh, let us know what you thought of this week's movie news. What about the crazy stuff going on with Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends? Uh, They will not take place on the same night. Where do you think the multiverse storyline, the potential multiverse saga? is going with the MCU and uh, what do you think about this crazy Walking Dead stuff and uh, the drama going on in that world so thanks so much for hanging out with us we are on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok at We Talk The Movies new episodes of Let's Talk Movies and Let's Talk Movie News drop every Monday and Friday night at 8pm Eastern Standard Time thanks so much have a great weekend see ya